0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, sadly we've run out of time. Thank you all very much for your thoughts this morning. You heard there Stuart Alcroft, Chairman of City Trust, John Merritt, senior analyst at the Economist Intelligence Unit, and over in Washington, DC, our international economics correspondent Barry Wood. You're listening to money talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this morning. In Australia, the SX200 off about half a percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is, uh, is flat right now. Uh, shortly after the open in South Korea, the Cosby is down about half a percent. does look like the Hang Seng might back the trend, though, and rise about 100 points at the open. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Stay tuned, please, to back chat on Radio 3 next with Hugh Chiverton and Janice Wong. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast. It'll be mainly fine. Hot during the day, maximum temperature of around 29 degrees, and going to remain rather warm during the day in the next couple of days. Slightly cooler early next week. Temperature right now is already 23 degrees, and it's 87% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news.
2: A U.S. intelligence report has concluded that Russia tried to undermine Joe Biden's campaign to become president ahead of last November's election. Here's the BBC's Gordon Carrera.
0: President Putin authorized a range of operations to denigrate Joe Biden and to support Donald Trump, including trying to undermine public confidence in the voting system and exacerbate divisions within the U.S., according to the Declassified Intelligence Report. It says that Russian intelligence pushed particular stories, including allegations that the Biden family had corrupt ties with Ukraine, two U.S. media organizations, and prominent individuals, including some close to President Trump. But the report says there is no evidence that Russia or any other country tampered with the casting of ballots or the counting of votes.
2: The U.S. taxi service Uber is to pay its drivers in Britain a minimum wage, holiday pay and pension contributions from today. Last month, the Supreme Court rejected Uber's argument the drivers were self-employed. It ruled they were workers and entitled to greater employment rights. Jamie Haywood is Uber's general manager for Northern and Eastern Europe. He says it was a hard balance to strike.
0: Drivers consistently told us that they wanted both the flexibility uh, that we provided, but also they wanted the benefits. And we've been struggling to find a way of bringing those two things together in a way that worked for us and worked for drivers.
2: Instagram is introducing safety measures designed to stop adults sending unwanted messages to teenagers. Under-18s will only be able to receive private messages from older users they already follow. Here's the BBC's Zoe Kleinman. The safety of teenagers using social media has been a central issue for technology firms for some time. The features being introduced by Instagram mean that older users will no longer be able to message teenagers who don't follow them. And young people will also see reminders that they don't have to reply to any messages that make them feel uncomfortable. They'll also be encouraged to make sure their accounts are private. But not everybody's honest about how old they are on Instagram. So the platform says it's also developing new techniques to help it verify age. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong with Hugh Chiverton. Good morning, Hugh.
4: Good morning, Janice.
3: Today we're talking about the expansion of the COVID-19 vaccination program here, and we'll also be catching up with the situation in Australia and the Philippines. Bookings for coronavirus jabs in Hong Kong are on the rise, with some vaccination centers and public clinics fully booked for the next two weeks, despite recent concerns over the safety of the vaccines. This comes as the government just expanded its citywide coronavirus vaccination program, lowering the age threshold for recipients to 30. Students who are over 16 and studying outside of Hong Kong and domestic helpers are also among those given priority. So will the expansion of the vaccination program really increase the take-up rate for COVID vaccinations? Are you still concerned with the safety of coronavirus jabs? And do you plan on getting vaccinated for COVID-19? Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments on our Facebook page, backchat at RTHK Radio 3 You can email us backchat at rthk.a or you can call us of course and our number is 23388266 that's 23388266
4: Uh, quite a few uh, emails on on, uh, different topics. Uh, Matthew, let's kick off with a couple. One comes from Matthew, uh, who says, I signed up for the European-developed and produced BioNTech vaccine yesterday as soon as I became eligible. I recall earlier when I asked if any characters in the backchat patriotic new listener cadre lineup would be opting for the mainland-developed Sinovac vaccine that at least a couple enthusiastically committed that they would. I'm curious to know if they are reassured by the government conclusion that the six or seven deaths of Sinovac recipients are pure coincidence and or the fault of the dead people for not checking with their doctors. What's the status, boys? Appointments made yet? Of course, we don't know for sure if the new listener cadre characters are over 30 or even supposed to be Hong Kong-based people. However, one thing we do know is that they're actually based in the mainland and over six. that if they are actually based in the mainland and over 60, then they won't have the option to choose Sinovac because unlike the Hong Kong government, mainland authorities have not recommended it for seniors. Uh, Ian uh, says uh, with the subject line uh, detention for 21 days Uh, at the beginning of the year my wife and i had to go to new zealand to see her 95 year old father when we booked our trip hong kong had a 14 day quarantine requirement on return but shortly before we left the period was extended to 21 days cancellation at that stage was not an option but we hoped that by the time we returned, the hong kong government would have modified its policy to take account of the extremely low risk of people from new zealand being a source of infection unfortunately the policy has not been changed and we are now detained for 21 days in a hotel room. According to the New Zealand Department of Health source of infection statistics from the 1st of October 2020 to the 16th of March 2021 there were a total of 38 Locally transmitted cases in New Zealand. And from the 1st of March to the 16th of March 2021, there have been only two locally transmitted cases. Clearly, that is many fewer than in Hong Kong in the same period. The Hong Kong government says that it keeps under review the situation in other places and will modify its quarantine policy in the light of circumstances in each place, but it's not modified its policy to take account of the insignificant risk posed by persons coming from New Zealand. Its failure is irrational, and add attention for a, long, a period of longer than 14 days is unlawful. The irrationality is particularly apparent when the 21 days of quarantine for passengers from New Zealand is compared with the 14 days quarantine period imposed on close contacts of cases in the community in Hong Kong, which seem to have a far higher risk of catching of having caught the disease. While generally the hotel where we are detained has done a thankless task well, it's apparently been directed by the government not to provide detainees with laundry services for their clothes during their detention. We've been told that laundering our clothes would expose the Hong Kong community to a risk of infection although the hotel does provide us with a change of sheets and towels which would seem to pose the same risks in quarantine in new zealand we were allowed two loads of laundry during our 14 day stay that doesn't seem to have created any difficulty them. That uh, story comes from Ian. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, our email address is backchat at
3: Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line Dr. Gabriel Choi, President of the Hong Kong Medical Association, and Dr. Jean Nisperos, an Assistant Professor at the University of the Philippines College of Medicine. Good morning to both of you. Um, maybe we can start with you, Dr. Choi. Um, what do you make of these surge in vaccine bookings uh, following the expansion of the citywide vaccination program? program.
5: I think government uh, is trying to expand the vaccination program so that there will be more people. Uh, currently, the rate is pretty low, so they are expanding the age group and the different occupations so that more people will join the vaccination
3: program. Does, does the increase in vaccine bookings mean people are less worried about the possible side effects?
5: I think. People are worried about the side effects of, uh, of uh, the China, China vaccine, uh, Sinovac. And
3: uh, that's why uh, there's a low takeaway uh, in that right. um, Dr. Choi, I remember, remember the last time I spoke to you, you said you were allergic to uh, certain ingredients in the uh, Sinovac jab and you're waiting for the BioNTech one. So, so have you got your no. shot yet?
5: I have not got my shot. I'm allergic I'm allergic to multiple medications. So I'm I'm just waiting to see uh, whether the BioNTech has um, created more allergic reactions before I take up uh, vaccination.
3: Right, And and although there has been a rise in vaccine bookings, there are still many people who have not yet decided on whether they will get the shot, Um, maybe because they're chronically ill or they're worried about the possible side effects. What's your advice for people in this kind of situation?
5: There's not been very clear guidelines, uh, the common guidelines about uh, not taking the vaccine if you are allergic to the vaccine or previous vaccinations or if you are pregnant or lactating or if you are uh, having serious uh, medical problems. But uh, the guidelines on having uncontrolled diabetes and hypertension is not clear. The, the, the extent uh, point... Uh, extent level of blood sugar and extent of blood pressure readings, which one should not be uh, vaccinated, has not been clearly delineated. So if uh, a normal person who gets his medication from the government clinic, uh, once every six months, uh, comes to ask you about his uh, status, you won't know because you don't have the relevant data to advise him. And if you take a blood pressure then. Or sugar then is only reflective of a point in time, and not reflective of his uh, usual control. So it's going to be difficult. Uh, most of the time, the most general practitioners would be advising against vaccination if the readings are uh, just out of control or or, or, or borderline control. So uh, this is going to. Dampen the urge of the, the, uh, dampen the ease of the vaccination program.
3: What are the uh, views of uh, other doctors, I mean, towards the uh, newly released uh, vaccine health guidelines? Do they share your views?
5: I think uh, the most, the the guidelines are for people uh, attending for hypertension and diabetes, not for people attending uh, COVID vaccine. Uh, and have diabetes and hypertension, so there's a difference,
4: the guidelines are not particularly relevant. Yeah, I mean, hypertension is very common in in Hong Kong as in many places. What, What is the basic situation? Uh, yeah, yeah, when should you get vaccinated? How do you know when you should get vaccinated and, and when you shouldn't? If if vaccinate if you have hypertension or you had hypertension or you have hypertension under control with medication or, or what have you?
5: Well, the guidelines just say that if you have hypertension which is not well controlled, then control it before you get vaccinated. Mm. So we didn't delineate exactly at what point it is not well controlled. So if I have a blood pressure of 160, 150 compared with a normal 140. Is that well controlled or should I should, should I be considered not well controlled if I have a pressure of 180? So this, this has not been clearly uh, uh, mentioned. Mm. I think it's not mentioned because uh, not even the Academy of Medicine in Hong Kong uh, has the data to uh, exact, exact uh, the exact line where you should take or you should not take. So it creates a, po- a problem for most family doctors or those doctors pick, uh, giving out the vaccine uh, because they have
4: to make uh, their own judgment. You, you mentioned there had been a, a you know a slow take up uh, of the uh, vaccine. We, we've had this uh, surge because a lot more people are eligible now. But would you expect that the kind of uh, you'd get the same concerns? That you'd get perhaps the same percentage that we just had, like you know. 50 percent of um over 60s uh who signed up and were happy to take the vaccine and we might see only 50 percent of the, the over 30s the same pattern repeated um what do you think is that is that likely to happen or do you think people will i think
5: will people pro- will be concerned about the safety of the sine vaccine mm. and less people will be concerned about the biotech vaccine mm. so there's
4: Are we, are we going to run out of the uh, of one of them?
5: I I think you have to ask government about that, whether they have Ensure that they have enough second dose uh, of the vaccine for those who have got, already got vaccinated.
4: Well, Also with us, as mentioned, is Dr. Jean Nisperos, Assistant Professor at the University of the Philippines. Dr. Nisperos, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Hugh. you. Uh, good morning, Janice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much indeed for for joining us. So, what's 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 happening in the in the Philippines? What's the um, the state of the infection? I think there's been a surge kind of recently, and what's happening with the vaccination program?
6: All right. Uh, the, the, uh, over the last few days, we've had we've seen uh, an incredible rise in the number of cases, uh, from around 2,000 to 3,000. And uh, uh, yesterday, it was. Uh, 4,000, over 4,000, but the day before that it was already, it peaked at 5,400. So there's a real concern about the rising numbers of of COVID cases in the country, especially because of the limitations of the healthcare system. And as far as the vaccination is concerned, uh, it's been rolled out after so much confusion and delay. So uh, according to the government, 70% of the vaccines that they have already gotten, some from Sinovac and um, another more than half a million from the COVAX facility of the World Health Organization, um, much of this has been already dispersed around the country to, um, to be given to frontline health workers, to health workers in general, because they're the priority and the high-risk population, those with comorbidities and uh, individuals uh, aged older than 60 years old.
4: And is there more on the way, more vaccines?
6: It's supposedly, well... Uh, According to the, uh, we have what we call a vaccines are Uh, the point person uh, appointed by the government to procure uh, to procure the vaccines. Unfortunately, um, many of these vaccines are coming in. Well, the report about the vaccines, they've already gone to Russia to see the product uh, being produced by Gamalaya. And uh, um, another team went to to India, I think, and to see the vaccines being um, being, um, manufactured there. The real problem is that the entire pandemic response has been led by a team not composed of health personnel, but mainly former generals now uh, sitting in executive positions in the national government. So you can see that the, the the difference in approach and the, uh, the awareness of what needs to be done in, in terms of a pandemic. Yep.
4: Okay, it was it was also quite late and delayed in in Hong Kong as well, where we we do have um, at least in theory uh, doctors doctors and an expert yeah, panel but, guiding us.
6: Yeah, but you know, the Philippines, there was there was an announcement uh, uh, sometime in January um, that the vaccines would come in in mid Feb. And in fact, the, the announcement was that uh, the vaccine that was coming in was uh, made by Pfizer-Biontech, but apparently, the, the there was a failure to meet the the requirements of the Covax facility. So they had to. Um, so everybody lined up who lined up suddenly realized they weren't the, the vaccines weren't coming in until finally the the first batch of uh, vaccines coming coming in from uh, Sinovac uh, was was came in, and then there was still no there was still no. Um, clear um, date when the second batch came in would come in so finally when AstraZeneca the COVAX facility vaccines came in that that was at least uh, you know gave a, a lot of people especially health workers a sigh of relief hmm.
4: it, uh, As Dr. Choi was saying there is some doubt uh, some, some uh, uh, questioning of the, of the Sinovac uh, in, in, in Hong Kong uh, does that exist in the Philippines as well are people yeah. uncertain oh, yeah. about it?
6: Oh, yeah, definitely. Even amongst the health professionals and even among the ranks of uh, what we would consider experts in the field, there was a lot of discussion. Well, for one, there was a lack of transparency as far as the data with the Sinovac vaccine is concerned. Um, when 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 doctors would ask, uh, well, compared to the other vaccines, which had publications and uh, publications in peer-reviewed journals, which means that the, the data they produced have been vetted you have a vaccine where most of the data is coming in from the manufacturer itself. And um, if you look at the uh, the process, many of the vaccines, most of the vaccines were giving in um, uh, phase three clinical trial data, which means they were giving um, data, the latest data in mass populations that focus on safety and efficacy. What is available for science side of vac is only phase two. And when you talk about the, the committees, the regulatory bodies that supposedly checked the data for the Philippines, they were saying that they were bound by confidentiality confidentiality agreements that prevented them from showing the data given to them by Sinovac. So that alone um, raised uh, a lot of concern amongst um, people in the health and medical fields. The other thing in the Philippines which really worried a lot of people who are not really into the vaccine issue was that early on, when the government was talking about vaccines, the possibility of uh, procuring vaccines, much of the talk involved the Sinovac, even though it, was, it had absolutely no data. Uh, That was being presented. When government would present its plans, it would talk about uh, Pfizer and uh, AstraZeneca. That would be understandable because the regulatory agency here gave both uh, vaccines um, uh, an emergency use authorization, but Sinovac didn't have that. And yet, you have government officials, national government officials, talking about Sinovac as if it was in the bag. So it raised a lot of concern because. You have one lack of transparency, two lack of data, and three you have an undue bias of, of certain government officials towards that particular vaccine, so that created a whole uh, milieu of confusion and and it caused a lot of debate actually, not just from from the level of um, experts or those from the health personnel but even those who would who would look closely at the vaccines being procured in the country and up to now, I think it 's not that much settled. But because of the lack of other vaccines, then many would, you know, would still, still get it despite the absence of data.
3: So, so how many people have got their Sinovac jabs right now?
6: Um, the, the government hasn't really uh, come up with numbers right now. Um, for for the, what they did was they divided the country so that certain regions of the country would only get Sinovac, and certain regions would. Uh, Only get the ones from AstraZeneca. So right now, there's really no number, um, reliable number, how many they have actually vaccinated at this at this juncture.
4: Uh, uh, Perhaps a quick question for you as as a uh, a doctor. Are are you a medical doctor, Doctor Nisperos? Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, A a caller who's driving uh, says, uh, "Can people take two jabs? Can you take the BioNTech and the Sinovac?"
6: Well, um, well, no. The answer really is no, because for one, um, you want to know if if there's any adverse drug reaction, which which uh, uh, vaccine it came from. Um, so uh, the, the the advice is that to get the, the two doses from a singular manufacturer for, for for one manufacturer, just to make sure that you know when you monitor for adverse drug events, that you know that it's from that particular vaccine. The other the other reason is that many vaccines are are made from different methodologies, from different uh, ways of uh, of uh, influencing your immune system to mount an immune response against the the virus. And if you use two different vaccines, with well, the first dose from one vaccine and the second dose from another, then it wouldn't it wouldn't really you know um, sub complement each other in terms of mounting uh, an immune response towards the the virus. Okay. So no, no, you can't. You really can't. You but can't. the possibility, eventually, let's say, um, if I get two jabs from from uh, Sinovac or AstraZeneca, and after maybe uh, seven months, uh, we still don't know how much, how long these vaccines provide protection. Actually, mm. none of the vaccines have actually given uh, data on um, how long a person is protected. And what happens towards uh, in terms of that protection over time? So, if let's say uh, there's a possibility that the person might need to get jabbed within a year, uh, twice within a year, and if that happens, then if you got your first uh, first uh, immunization from one vaccine, two doses from one vaccine, the next jab might be made. It could be possible from another from another brand or another vaccine, but. Again, you have to take the two doses from one vaccine first and over time maybe get another uh, from another
4: vaccine. Okay, not sure at the moment. That's possible. Okay, um, some emails from Anthony. Uh, three messages. Anthony says, I think in, possibly in, re, in response to Matthew, uh, my folks and I took the Sinovac jab two weeks ago. Unfortunately, we are not among the 7 out of 120,000 who died of artery and diabetes disease after taking the jab. Is 7 out of 120,000 a, a scientifically significant correlation? Uh, he also wants to address you, Dr. Choi, uh, he says uh, mr choi from old news clippings you said you had type 2 diabetes do you think you will die of diabetes after getting vaccinated uh, and also he says mr choi what vaccines have you taken in the past and you survived from the vaccine question mark personally i have coronary heart disease
5: high blood pressure high cholesterol and type 1 diabetes so uh, I'm at uh, a higher risk than the usual cases. Uh, I've, take my, I've taken my childhood vaccine. Uh, so about, uh, uh every 10 years, uh, tetanus uh, vaccine has uh, been uh, given. Uh, I don't usually take the flu vaccine. I okay. think that's, that's all I should be talking about personally.
4: Okay. Uh, uh, we've had a comment, on, a question from uh, Anna, who says, please ask when we are due to get AstraZeneca vaccine here. My doctor says the second quarter, but is that right? Dr. Choi, do you know anything about that in Hong Kong, when we're due to get uh, AstraZeneca? Can you repeat the question? Uh, do you know when we're going to get the AstraZeneca in Hong Kong? We was, that was one of the three vaccines, wasn't it? I,
5: I think we need to use up our two vaccines first, probably before we can get the vaccine. Otherwise... Uh, we
4: are overstocking uh, the two vaccines already. Okay. Uh, And uh, Doug says uh, the China office in Hong Kong states China-manufactured vaccines will allow travellers to not have quarantine. There's a link to a story about that. Uh, It clearly states China-manufactured vaccines... But it does say if Biontech, made in Europe with a Chinese company, will be included. Also, no information from the Hong Kong government if they will reciprocate. Otherwise, China will let travels in from the 15th of March, but they will need to quarantine for 14 days on arriving back in Hong Kong. Are Hong Kong people supposed to take two different vaccines to be able to travel abroad and to mainland China? That's uh, from uh, Doug. Uh, And um, Tom says... Can people from Hong Kong who have taken Sinovac uh, be allowed to visit Philippines without quarantine? That comes from Tom. Dr. Nisperos, is there any arrangements for uh, people with who have taken, uh, been vaccinated, being more easy to travel to the Philippines?
6: Well, you, 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 we must remember that. Uh getting jabbed doesn't necessarily confer immediate protection. It takes a while Mm. for the immune response to to actually be complete and and provide sufficient protection. And in the context of the current rise, uh, resurgence in number of cases in in the Philippines, I don't think um, being vaccinated uh, exempts anyone from quarantine, although the quarantine procedure might be different. Um, What what we do here is that uh, you you get quarantined and uh, after five days you get tested. Well, you you arrive, you get tested, um, see if you have the virus, and then after five days you get tested again. And if you're symptomatic and then you are not, um, you're negative in both tests, then chances are you're going to be allowed to to, to leave the quarantine. Mm. But otherwise, uh, I don't see having a vaccination, being vaccinated, as a means for being exempted from any quarantine, right now especially, because of the rise in cases.
4: All right, and uh, a question from uh, Martin, who says, could you ask your doctor from the Philippines if he has any concern about AstraZeneca, as it has been halted in many European countries because of several deaths linked to blood clots? That's from Martin.
6: Yeah, there's always a concern for that, and I think the procedure here um, is, regardless of any uh, brand of vaccine, Procedure here is to monitor, and that's why we're hoping that the the government, after after vaccinating a, a, a heart, health personnel or whoever gets the vaccine, should be monitored over a close period of time, a longer period of time, to see for to determine adverse drug events. But uh, so far, we haven't seen that many um, adverse drug reactions, and and uh, severe, and definitely not that that severe. Um, the blood clots seen in europe um we're looking at the the, the the news actually and it seems that the one the astrazeneca vaccines that came to the philippines is, came from a different batch that um, was delivered in europe and as far as the data is concerned information is showing that uh, most of those reactions came from a single singular batch so Many of those, it's a concern, definitely, as any adverse drug event would be a concern, especially major ones like that. But we're looking at the data, and we're looking at to, to determine if those things are actually caused by the vaccine itself uh, or uh, caused by some manufacturing error. We're still looking at that, but in the Philippines, it's, it's a concern, definitely, and, and it's being monitored. And the protocol, hopefully allows the monitoring of those adverse drug events.
3: All right, Dr. Nesperos, thank you very much for joining us this morning. But unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, And uh, Dr. Nesperos is an assistant professor at the University of the Philippines College of Medicines. Also, thank you to Dr. Choi and Dr. Gabriel Choi, the president of the Hong Kong Medical Association. After the news summary, we'll be joined by... Dr. Tom Lee, an emergency medicine consultant from Perth, and also Dr. Strida Siddharth, a clinical assistant professor from the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. And uh, for those of you who are tuning in, if you want to ask questions or share your views, give us a call. Our number is two three three We'd love to hear from you.
0: ...and prominent individuals, including some close to President Trump. But the report says there is no evidence that Russia or any other country tampered with the casting of ballots or the counting of votes.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Hugh Chiverton and me, Janice Wong. We'll now continue with our discussion on the government's vaccination programme here and we'll catch up with the situation in Australia. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is backchat at Our telephone number is 233 And our Facebook page is backchat at Radio 3 Dr. Spiros Sizath, a clinical assistant professor with the University of Hong Kong's Department of Microbiology, is now on the line with us. We're also joined on the line by Dr. Tom Lee, an emergency medicine consultant based in Perth.
4: Okay some comments on Facebook uh Henry says, Hong Kong's number one priority is to get COVID under control. I believe the expansion of the programme is to vaccinate a sufficient number of the population so that COVID restrictions could be relaxed, our economy could get going, etc. There is just no need to concern about this or that. For safety concerns, to put nationality label on vaccines is ignorant. If people still don't trust the medical explanation given for the COVID jab death cases, they might as well don't trust their family doctors or specialists. I also read that compared to Sinovac, BioNTech vaccine, have more side effects and news also confirms such. I got the Sinovac vaccines and have no side effects of any kind. I could not understand why people want to avoid vaccination testing uh, but want to have COVID restrictions relaxed, quarantine removed or travelling restarted. Have they forgotten the old idiom nothing ventured nothing gained? We need to do something to win the COVID war. Nothing is free. And he has a link to a story in the New York Times. It's time to trust China and Russia's vaccines. Uh, Marcus, uh, though, says, interesting to see the choices are now stated as Sinovac or BioNTech stroke Foson. Nothing to do with Pfizer. Are your guests sure that these two vaccines will be accepted for travel by any countries outside of China? And he addresses Henry. He says, CCP has already stated it's not accepting any vaccine except Sinovac for travel to China great way to keep investigators from the who out of the wuhan laboratory and the wet market uh henry says marcus Lang- marcus i think there is a political dimension to this i believe the u.s or its allies would not accept the chinese vaccines for such uh, uh, a purpose Uh, Elango says I'm glad that the government opened up the vaccines is an email for the larger population when the supply and distribution have more capacity I booked for the BioNTech jabs within a few minutes of booking opening I booked for my helper as well on her request but the sad part is my spouse who is a few months short of 30 is not eligible I worry that my little one would still have the chance to get infected if all the adults in the home are not vaccinated also it doesn't make sense to exclude a small number of people younger than 30 Whoever had the will should get a chance to get the vaccine. Also, I worry that BioNTech jabs would run out of stock. That comes from uh, Alango. Uh, I wonder if there's a solution to that. And Anthony finally addressing Dr. Choi, who was talking in the first part of the program. He says, I think you need to take care of your health before making any decisions. Eat healthy and exercise more. You can improve your health conditions as a role model for your patients. Get well soon. That is from Anthony. Backchat at is that email address.
3: All right, before we get back to the discussion, we have a caller, Guy. Uh, good morning, Guy.
6: Good morning
7: to you. Thank you. i um, just like to introduce uh, myself. I've been in Hong Kong since 1967. I'm now 73. Um, I made an attempt when the uh, booking first went online to get booked up for BioNTech, but failed because um, the government system does not accept modern web browsers. And when I finally realized that I had to use Chrome, I finally got booked up on the second week, so I'm scheduled to get my first jab later in this month. Um, I've been watching, of course, the way that the UK has implemented its vaccine program started months ago, and they base it on the National Health Service there, and they call up people in order of priority, starting with people over 90, then 80, then 70, and I think they're all the way down now to 30. So I was expecting the Hong Kong government to do something similar. Uh, um, it, there seems to be a disconnect here. The programme is bossed by the Secretary for Constitution, Constitutional Development, I think, Mr Nip, and it's run by the Department Secretary of, of the Health. Secretary the Civil
4: Service, I think.
7: Um, is he Civil Service? He's OK. Saying, yeah. And it's run by the Department of Health very efficiently, I believe. But there's no hospital authority involvement, despite the fact that most... <laughs> Hong Kong residents, I think, make use of the hospital authority hospitals and district clinics as I do Okay, so now there is a system which has been in place for many years which uh, allows patients to sign up to allow data sharing to allow their, their uh, clinical data to be shared um, with private doctors the hospital authority and the Department of Health, including civil service branch run families clinics for government servants. So I was surprised that they didn't make use of that system to notify people uh, that, they could, um, uh, that they were booked uh, for, a, for a vaccination uh, the way that they did in the UK. Um, I, I don't understand why they haven't made use of that system. And everybody is supposed to be able to go online and book a a jab. Um, I'm wondering how people who don't have access to computers or don't regularly make use of them uh, are supposed to be able to do that. It it seems a little bit disorganized to me. Um, And um, I don't know whether you've got any comments on that. My one final comment I would make regarding AstraZeneca, um, that it... The, uh, there has been a lot of disinformation about that. The EU is panicking, and it's a complete nonsense uh, that uh, they've withdrawn the program, even if temporarily. And it's damaging the rollout of AstraZeneca worldwide. And it is a very inexpensive vaccine. I think it only costs about 20 Hong Kong dollars a shot, whereas the vaccines currently available here are ten times as expensive. That's all I have for
4: the moment. Thanks. Uh, uh, Sorry, did you say, Guy, that you've had your vaccination now?
7: No, I'm just coming up uh, at the end of this month.
4: Right. I just... um, Yeah, I don't want to encourage sort of fraud or anything, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Elango, because um, people over 70 uh, can take uh, two carers, up to two carers... Uh, I don't have any carers. Yeah, a maximum of two carers who accompany elderly people aged seventy or above, like yourself, can also receive vaccination and make a booking at the same time. So, if your, for example, if your carer was the husband of a Lango who's under thirty, um, uh, he could get the vaccination when you got yours. Hypothetically, that's
7: true, but I don't have a carer. Nobody uh, uh, contacted me and said, "Oh, well, please take me along." Um, And unfortunately, my wife of the same age is not at the moment convinced that she should get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. I think she may be waiting to see whether I keel over after getting mine.
4: (laughs) She's going to wait and see. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Guy, thanks very much indeed for, for your call and number is two three three eight eight two six six. Uh Drop us a line with, with your experience, your questions and your comments uh, Backchat at rthk.hk Or go to our Facebook page as well That's uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 uh, Dr. Uh, Swiddharth Siddharth, good morning to you Good morning Good to talk to you again uh, So there's been a very big increase in, in, in the take-up With this uh, extension of the uh, age range uh, What do you make of that?
8: It's the right way to go. It definitely is. Let's uh, get as many people vaccinated as possible. I think there was a trend towards seeing a lot of uh, vacancies in the online booking system in, in the days before the announcement happened. But now I'm glad to see that the vaccination centers are filling up and uh, people are getting their jabs, because that, that is the surest and uh, safest way out of this situation as we find ourselves in yet another wave of cases locally. Hmm.
4: Okay, a couple of uh, questions in emails. Uh, S says, can you ask the experts why the residential management companies are not re- re- revealing the exact unit of the positive cases of the URSA's gym cluster? Uh, this is because due to the holidays, some families' kids play together, and this can be dangerous. So uh, should the exact unit of the, exactly the, the, the full address of, of positive cases uh, be made publicly available? Um, I I guess
8: there are confidentiality issues with that because you're already releasing the age and gender and if you release the exact residential unit then um, that would be uh, uh, probably a little bit sketchy in that people can identify, people who are living in the same area can identify who that person is so it's been their policy all along to uh, be rather vague on the details of the exact uh, residential unit but I mean they're the people who need to have that information because they're doing the AR contact tracing etc and I'm
4: sure they that they are on it hmm. Okay uh, an email from uh, Richard II uh, who says uh, who, who attaches a story from the uh, Guardian British Guardian newspaper uh, about uh, the evidence on the Oxford vaccine uh, at the AstraZeneca causing blood clots uh, with the with the the headline: No Greater Incidence of Blood Cuts in AstraZeneca Vaccinated People. That's quoting David Spiegelhalter, who's professor of risk at the University of Cambridge. "Quote: We can try a uh, we can try a quick back of the envelope calculation. Deep vein thromboses (DVTs) tapping to around." One person per thousand each year, and probably more in the elder population being vaccinated, working on the basis of these figures, out of five million people getting vaccinated, we would expect significantly more than five thousand DVts a year or at least one hundred every week so it 's not at all surprising that there have been thirty reports that comes from uh, Richard the second Thanks very much indeed for that h k
3: dr Stride, I just want to get back to uh, what uh, Gabriel. Choi said in the first half of the program about the new guidelines issued by the government for doctors. He doesn't seem to, I don't know if he had a chance to look at it, but Dr. Choi, he didn't seem to find it very useful. I mean, what do you think? Did you have, have you had a look at it yet?
8: Yeah, I must say it's not practical. It's very difficult for a doctor to answer this question because the guidelines themselves are rather vague, you know, so... I fear that many doctors when they're asked that question by patients are going to say why don't you delay the jab or postpone the vaccination a little bit because, there's, uh, because they want to at least do no harm which is a basic medical principle but in doing so they might actually be exposing their patients at risk of uh, COVID-19 by delaying the vaccination. So it's it's a very difficult situation when you put doctors in the hot seat to make a decision on who should get vaccinated or not. We don't do that for the influenza vaccination, for example, where it is you know generally universally recommended. But uh, for for I I don't I don't think uh, that's the right way to go as far as. COVID-19 vaccination
3: is concerned. And the guidelines were were given to doctors following the deaths of uh, several people who had recently got the uh, Sinovac jab. Do you think people should be worried about the possible side effects of the uh, current COVID vaccinations available here? Or do you think they're just uh, overreacting? Well,
8: at at the moment, there is the number of... uh major cardiovascular events like strokes and heart attacks that we see after the Sinovac jam don't seem to be out of the expectation for the baseline of the general population. So um, at the moment we, we don't uh, we, we, that we that, that that is somewhat reassuring that it's not at least above the baseline rate. Now whether there is an indirect risk or not is very difficult to answer and uh, I mean I can say that at least based on the evidence so far it is uh, not that there doesn't seem to be a definite link between the two events, but uh, time will tell. So I think at the moment, uh, I don't think we should be worried unduly about uh, the safety of the vaccination. And-
4: Okay, we'll catch up on this, in the situation in Australia in just just a moment, but a couple of specific questions from Facebook that perhaps, uh, Dr. Siddharth, you could help with. Uh, Catherine says, can one of the specialists give an update on what the advice is for the Pfizer vaccine if you have a serious allergy? There seems to be mixed information. What is the advice, Dr. Yeah. Siddharth? Yeah,
8: so the official recommendation in the uh, vaccination fact sheet issued by the government is that if you have an allergy-specific to the components of the um, BioNTech vaccine for example polyethylene glycol or if they have a long list of ingredients there then you can't get the receive the vaccine but if it's not an allergy to those ingredients, uh, if it's an allergy to something else, say some other drug or food, then I'm afraid it's going to be on a case-by-case basis. Um, the way they do it overseas is that, the, for example, in the U.S. or the U.K., is that if you have an allergy to something that is not included as one of the vaccine ingredients, you can still go ahead and get the vaccine. However, such people may be at a slightly higher risk of having an allergic reaction. And I say that because most of the people who have one of the very rare allergic reactions to the vaccines, I'm talking about, say, having a bit of a rash or uh, soon after receiving the vaccine example, or maybe having a more severe allergic reaction, they typically tend to have an allergy to some uh, food or uh, drugs. So um, it's it's, it's just important to acknowledge uh, on the part of the recipient that there may be an increased risk And uh, after receiving the vaccination, they would perhaps be in observation for a bit longer. And uh, that's basically how uh, we would manage that risk. So if you're not allergic to one of the components of the vaccine list, just declare that at the uh, place where you're getting vaccinated. And the odds are that you're still going to be able to receive it. And uh, with just a longer period of observation.
4: All right. Now, here's here's a long uh, comment on uh, Facebook. I might uh, edit it a little bit. Paul says, uh, so this is like in a question and answer form. Uh, If I get vaccinated, can I stop wearing a mask? Government, no. Uh, Question, if I get vaccinated, will the restaurants, bars and fitness centres, etc. be reopened? Government, no. Question, if I get vaccinated, will I be resistant to COVID? Government, maybe. We don't know exactly, but probably not. Question, if I get vaccinated, at least I won't be contagious to others, right? Government, no. The vaccine doesn't stop transmission. Question, if I get vaccinated, how long will the vaccine last? Government, no-one knows. Uh so to summarise, it's quite a long message. Uh, so to summarise, the COVID vaccine does not provide immunity, does not eliminate the virus, does not prevent death, does not guarantee you won't get it, does not stop you passing it on to others, does not eliminate the need for travel bans, does not el- eliminate the need for business closures, does not eliminate the need for lockdowns. That is from uh, Paul, who's obviously sceptical about the uh, the benefits, to say the least, of the, the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, what would you say to him, Dr Siddharth?
8: With regards to the effectiveness of the vaccines per se, uh, once you if you get, for example, the biontech vaccine, uh, the efficacy is ninety five percent against having any form of uh, symptomatic COVID nineteen. So it is a very effective vaccine. The efficacy, how long it lasts, we don't know yet because we are still following up patients who received the vaccine early on in the clinical trials. But uh, we have good evidence to suggest that it's going to last uh, a fair amount of time. So we know it's going to last for several months because they have followed up the patients already, and it looks like it's going to last for even longer because the immune response produced is uh, quite robust. With regards to, you know, opening up of uh, society, and uh, the the only way to do that is if we achieve something called herd immunity. Now, even if I receive the vaccine, there is still a risk that I can contract COVID-19, a very small risk, but that risk still exists. Now, if uh, if COVID-19 is all over the place, then even people who are vaccinated can still have that small risk of uh, contracting COVID-19. So unless we are all safe, in a way, nobody is completely safe. So it's very important for Hong Kong to hit herd immunity. So we're talking about roughly 70% of the population, 70% being vaccinated. And uh, that would mean that uh, things can start opening up uh, quite readily. Now in Israel they already uh, have this green pass system where if you have completed vaccination you, are, you can access a variety of different uh, facilities. Um, Hong Kong will have to evaluate something like that as an additional incentive for people who are still indecisive about getting the vaccine.
3: Alright, uh, let's uh, cross over to Dr. Tom Lee now. He's an emergency medicine consultant based in Perth. Good morning Dr. Lee. Hello. Good
5: morning.
9: Hello. How, do, how Hi. Are you?
3: Thanks. Sir. Fine, thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, so we've been talking about concerns over the side effects of COVID vaccines. What's the situation like in Australia? Have uh, many people experienced side effects from uh, the BioNTech vaccine there?
9: I, I think uh, we have to look at the um, actual timescale of the rollout. Currently, uh, it's been a few weeks and uh, there are only around 15,000 people been vaccinated in Australia mostly healthcare worker, aged care facility workers, and the highest risk group in the uh, very elderly uh, folks. And uh, so far, there's not been any <clears throat> specific uh, reports of uh, uh, the side effects and so on, and so forth. Uh, I guess um, just you, you got uh, an expert to ask in the professor that you know I think. You know the, the 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 issue is looking at the, the the big big numbers and actual epidemiology you know so far you know the the whole uh, dvtp saga in europe it's uh, very interesting that in a lot of um, misinformation being perpetuated i think it's more about managing the perception you know than than, than the actual you know uh statistics of epidemiology and uh uh, the data from Israel is very interesting. Uh, There's there been a published uh, New England Journal of Medicine in February of uh, a huge trial. because they they, they've already vaccinated 60 plus percent of the population. you know, comparing, you know, 500 plus thousand group of vaccinated people versus 500 thousand uh, non-vaccinated people, and and that over a million people trial. You can see, actually, you know, there, there are any there aren't any, you know, identifiable uh, harm and in that particular studies, and that's a huge number. So so we have to look at, you know, the data and uh, look at the actual evidence to discuss about, you know, the, the harm. But, however, you know, now, now we're moving on to the, the meat of it about uptake of vaccination. I think I, 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 most of the medicals would probably have to, um, to sit back and let the uh, sociologists to do their work. The meaning is actually how people... Uh, make decisions, it's not often based on the, the actual, you know, complicated evidence that you're across, to you know, to them. It's how they understand those um, uh, evidence and create their own narratives. And uh, as you can hear earlier in some of the comments made, you know, in terms of very nationalistic competition, and there would be suspicions, you know, of you know, big pharma, of government and so on. It's how you address those becomes important issues. I think we fail to see that sometimes, you know, we always just get a lot of very, um, you know, what we would think is robust medical data and to try to counteract argument and people are not buying it. It's how to address that. That's the key. So I'll um, pause there to so see what your uh, other guests have, a, have, a, have a opinions there too.
3: And uh, what about the AstraZeneca vaccination? I mean during the program we 've uh, also discussed the concerns over over that vaccine and uh, yesterday Australia has uh, just decided uh, to to continue with its rollout uh, what 's your view of that decision and what 's been well, the reaction from the public what, i think, I
9: think that's, that's the thing about the misinformation there 's been a lot this information's been spread for various channels since uh, I think end of the year in January, and, uh, and these are all on public record and on, on some national news media of some big countries. was quite uh, you know quite disappointing. But but the the the, um, the fact is you know again like I mentioned about epidemiological data, you look at I think exact number is I think it's fifty, 50, 50 dvd brain thrombosis and 22 uh, common embolism recorded of 17 million 17 million of vaccination across europe and and you look across the population base that's not actually a significant increase or an abnormal number at all so so you know uh, if if you now just try to put a causality to it and again you've got a microbiologist on the panel it's a very very uh, unfair and uh, unjustifiable, you know, claim. But however, to manage public perception has been the biggest problem. And and if you look at Scandinavia, right from early on in the piece with these uh, issues, it's been fairly prominent. And and now the, the difficulty, anti-vaccination movement or or message or people's decision. It's been, it's been over centuries since the invention of, of vaccine due to various reasons. And I think we need to think hard how to counteract that. And I, I think you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in countries who have a great uptake, like in Israel, and uh, like, you know, I think it's interesting, it's all in public domains, public uh, figures, Seychelles, Barbados. So there's a range of countries there. But, but having said that, look at Singapore, the uptake not been so great so far. And you wonder what 's going on and, and, and this is what something really baffling. and i can 't actually for one to understand you know sometimes how society makes decisions, but a lot of is to do with trust you know whether it 's to do with trust of government, the pharmaceutical companies, and so on so I think that 's more about the, the actual you know, message we can bring to the public
4: so, so in Australia uh, I think i 'm right saying about uh, so it 's one hundred and sixty thousand people have received a vaccine. Uh, so far, that's according to the to the to the government website. That strikes me as a relatively small number. Uh, is, is there because there is a few cases in Australia? Is the take of the vaccine, you know, consequently slow? And maybe the same thing's happening in Hong Kong. People just don't kind of see any urgency. Um, I, I
9: think I I I I double checked that. I thought the number is even lower.
4: Because uh, I've, I've looked, i forwarded you guys a, a web
9: link and... Uh, yeah, I'm and just looking at the...
4: the number. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. health.gov.au and it says 164,437 Australians have received a COVID-19 vaccine.
5: Ah, OK,
9: OK. Well, I, I thought, you know, it's depending on the states as well. The various hmm. states have various updates. And uh, this has been uh, uh, interesting, you know, going back to what I said about sociology and so on, because uh, Australia, we have a very different uh, uh, state operation, you know, for, 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 for the inception of Australia. You know, it's a federal uh, country. And um, and uh, I think, you know, a, a lot of it at the moment has actually been fairly tame in terms of this um, uh, advertisement of publicising the the uh, the need to uh, take up vaccine is mainly targeting the highest risk group and the healthcare professional. In fact, in terms of healthcare professional in our state, it's currently only roll up to uh, the front line and the highest risk group. So you can see, you know, there's still some time. I think it was very early in the piece to discuss, that's how my opening statement was. And and uh, you really have to see over time how it evolved and I, there might be something, you know, about to come, you know, with a very strong public, you know, campaign and a very clear advertising message and so on. And uh, I, I would like to see if countries are very organized, like, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, South Korea, Taiwan, they've not really come online in vaccination and, and how they are preparing it and how they're going to roll it out and so on.
4: Mm. Uh, OK, just one more question, specific question, and then we'll just get some comments. Uh, Andrew says, would Dr S, that's Dr Siddharth, uh, what would Dr S advise for those with high cholesterol, not taking cholesterol meds, for getting the BioNTech jab? That's from uh, Andrew.
8: Yeah, um, my my advice generally is get the vaccination. <laughs> it, 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 as long as uh, your your general health condition, in terms of how you're feeling, has been relatively stable all this while, you don't have severely uncontrolled hypertension. We're talking about you know more than a systolic blood pressure of more than one hundred and fifty or one hundred and sixty is it, generally safe To get the vaccination,
4: so don't uh, worry too much about it. Okay, Dr. South, thank you very much indeed for for joining us, and thank you to uh, Dr. Tom Lee, an emergency medicine consultant based in in Perth. Some uh, comments to finish. Uh, Jeffrey says if the government wants to encourage vaccination take up against the CCP virus, they should adjust the quarantine restrictions so if you're vaccinated, you can quarantine at home rather than government prison camps. Martin says, what is it with, this is in reply to Matthew's comments we had at the beginning of the programme, what is it with Maoist Matthew asking multiple times if person A or B will voluntarily get the Sinovac vaccine? Fortunately, this will be each person's individual choice here in Hong Kong as the government made all major vaccines available here. Looking at the government booking system, currently most people, including myself, have signed up for Sinovac and there are still slots for BioNTech available. As Maoist Matthew is fundamentally intolerant to different views, hence his nickname, anyone else who holds a pro-China view is either a patriotic." A paid CPC troll, a Wu Mao, or member of United Front. It's an obvious attempt to suppress and discredit other listeners' comments. However, his his same stupid arguments cut both ways. During the past couple of months, several bank accounts have been uncovered that make it pretty clear that a well-funded United Yellow Front exists in Hong Kong with actually millions of dollars at its disposal. Maoist Matthew's constant attacks and attempted character assassinations just lead to the conclusion that he himself is a paid troll by the United Yellow Front, the Australian the US State Department, or Jimmy Lai's Apple Daily, and his job is to silence any critical or pro-China voice. What's most ironic and somehow entertaining is that Matthew is so obsessed with his woke anti-China culture he hasn't discovered yet that Hong Kong is part of China. Besides, can Maoist Matthew give evidence how he can Seven to eight deaths to the Sinovac vaccine, or is it his intention to deliberately scare people by spreading misinformation? That is uh, from Martin Samita says. Our milk delivery lady is around 60 age. She is local Chinese grassroots level. She's absolutely gorgeous, happy lady. And there's her, her concern. After I get the vaccine, I will need to rest at least one day. My family needs the daily cash, and moreover, there's no one else to do milk carton delivery. So here is another Hong Kong person who is not going to take the vaccine. Hong Kong need this minimum of £4 million to take the vaccine to achieve herd immunity. Is it please possible to help people who are earning less than 16000 a month to be compensated anywhere between 250 to $500 for the days they need? Is there a way they can claim this payment from the government? Yesterday TVB Evening News said there was this local guy around 38 age. His monthly pay has gone down from 15000 to 2000 Is there any way the government assists this bracket of people for the next four to five months instead of increasing the bust fare? How many people in Ledgeco really take... Take the local bus. That's from Sumita. Finally, uh, from uh, Mary, says, uh, Missing the from the hyperbole about the election reforms is a single mention of how much all the additional layers of supervision are going to cost us. The last financial report of the LegCo Commission showed that annual expenditure was £950 million. Uh, then uh, that over 13 million for each of the 70 members. So additional 20 rubber stamps translates into another 250 million per annum. Then there is the transformation of the election uh, committee from an ad hoc group. If we're uh, into a monolithic beast with an ever-growing mandate and unlimited scope, then there is the bill for the 24-hour surveillance and monitoring of the 90 Ledgeco members. As Elsie Lung said, the committee will not just vet potential candidates, but also scrutinise their actions throughout their time in office. So the administration of what is no more than a medium-sized city of 7.5 million will entail not only what seems to be considered a bloated civil service, but also thousands of additional busybodies. And as our FS refuses to even consider granting any financial assistance to those residents who lost their jobs because of a a once-in-a-lifetime health crisis or to reconsider the impact of white elephant projects on the public purse, we can assume the expenditure required for all the above will eventually be covered by a reduction in allocation to social services, health and education. That comes from Mary.
3: All right, uh, thank you for all your comments. We'll now leave you with the weather. It'll be a uh, mainly fine coastal mist in the morning and at night, rather warm during the day with a top temperature of around 29 degrees. Winds light to moderate easterlies. Forecasters say the weather will stay rather warm in the next couple of days with coastal mist, slightly cooler early next week. Right now.